The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. from Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington. If you'd like to join in the discussion, email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm or call into the program with your questions. Now, here's your host, Reverend Anna Schaus. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host, and I want to thank all of you that are listening today. We're glad that you're joining us, and um, it's, we're glad to get your emails and get your comments on Facebook, so keep them coming. We're very glad that you are participating with us here on Spirit of Recovery. I want to thank you also that you let your friends and your circle of uh, people that you know in recovery, your recovery community, and your unity community know about the spirit of recovery. It's just great to be broadcasting on the topic of recovery here on unity.fm, Unity Online Radio, and we love hearing from you. And uh, we're really glad to know that our guests are making a difference in your life and that these topics are getting you thinking, that they're opening you up to um, the good that's possible in your recovery journey. And every week we do talk about topics that are important to the recovery community. We have guests who are down to earth, who are knowledgeable and innovative. Guests who are in recovery themselves or who work with or write for recovering people or who teach uh, great spiritual insights. We're always bringing you practical information that you can use and lively discussions that get you thinking. Remember that we do archive our programs so that you can go to www.unity.fm backslash program backslash spirit of recovery and uh, listen to our archived programs anytime. Also, you can listen to us live or through the archives on your mobile listening device. So uh, be sure that you realize that as well. There are lots and lots of ways to listen to Unity FM, to listen to Unity Online Radio, and to Spirit of Recovery. The Spirit of Recovery is a welcoming place, and we know that uh, whether or not you are in recovery yourself from an addiction, whether you're a family member that has uh, somebody in recovery from addiction, whether if you're a family member that's in your own recovery as a family member or someone who's simply interested in the process of recovery, somebody that's looking for information and what is this recovery and spirituality process all about, we welcome you. We're very glad that you're listening and uh, we are welcome your participation in our discussions. We'd love to hear from you during our show. You can email us or call in during the second and third segments and our phone number is 888-558-6489 and our email is spiritofrecovery at unity.fm and we would love to respond to you. Again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a Unity minister and a recovery counselor. Also, I'm a person who has in my circle of love and friendship many people with the uh, disease of addiction. And uh, those uh, relationships got me going on an active path of personal growth and recovery and spiritual development about 30 years ago. And ever since then, my walk has been a process of personal growth, spiritual development, and working these recovery principles. And it's made a real big difference in my life, and it uh, keeps me transforming and keeps me growing. 
So I'm very grateful, delighted to have the opportunity to share these ideas with you, and uh, we're also interested to hear what you're experiencing in your spirituality and recovery. Today we're talking about the topic of powerless or powerful, or both. And my guest is Reverend Dennis. Dennis is a Unity Minister. He is um, still active as a Unity Minister. He provides uh, speaking engagements to churches. He provides uh, spiritual counseling. And he also writes about the 12 powers and the concepts of recovery. Dennis has 25 years in recovery and is coming up um, in a couple of months, um, well, that number will increase. And so um, we're very glad to have Dennis with us today. He's got uh, lots of wisdom, lots of experience with the unity principles, with the recovery principles, and he really puts both of these to work in his life. So, Dennis, welcome to Spirit of Recovery. Thanks for being our guest today. Thanks. Thanks, Anna. It's good to be able to be here. It's uh, it's interesting to be able to be here this this time of year. You know, it's it's a, a period of time where I guess a lot of us go through a lot of feelings and and uh, so some depression or anxiety and stuff like that. You know, as we look towards our future or uh, feel some of the dregs of our past, uh, the twelve step people in particular. So it's it's good to be able to speak and uh, assure others that. You're not the only one out there, and uh, it's going to be okay. That's good. We all need to hear that. It's interesting, um, in uh, the 12 steps, as we well know, those people who are familiar with the 12 steps, that the first step is about powerlessness. That seems contradictory to spirituality, because spirituality is all about power. I don't know. What about that first step? Why do you think it's about powerlessness? What that what does that mean? Well, I can recall, you know, from my own experience, Anna, that uh, back in my days of uh, of uh, uh, I guess what you would call chronic drinking and drugging, some, but uh, I was I was definitely uh, a drinker, and uh, you know, uh, so consequently, I'm. I'm more towards that side of the family or, you know, where I've got a lot of cousins, of course, that are on the other side of the fence with the drugs and some of that. But the thing I remember about it was somebody would say, hey, man, you know, you want a beer or something? And I, I couldn't say no, and yet I would say no. Oh, no, not right now. But what I would do is I would white knuckle. I would, you know, I would do everything humanly possible to not take that drink for as long as I could, and then what I would do is I would I would as casually as possible say something like, you know, why don't you let me have that drink now? You know, I think I'll have that beer. You know, that kind of thing. Where casually I changed my mind, and yet the truth was, my motivation and intent was to hide the fact that I wanted it so badly. I didn't want you to know that. And I, I I came to realize that that was the extent of my powerlessness as I began to search, you know, for uh, what it was I had a problem with. Now, at that point, I, I had not found uh, the unity movement. It was about four months later that I found the unity movement and added that to to my recovery. But I remember... After I had done that one time, I went down and I saw some of the people in recovery, and I was, oh, maybe six months without any mood-altering chemicals. And I told them I was going to a party with some church friends, and I was worried. I was afraid that there'd be drinking, and, you know, I might, I might have, you know, I might have a drink or something. And they, they told me, well, you know, let's just pray and, uh, you know, pray you just go and have a good time, and and uh, as soon as it's over, come on back here and remember some of the basic rules, like uh, drive your own car and, and don't leave with somebody else. Take your car and come right back here and tell us how it went. So we did, and we said a little prayer. You know, we went off to the side, uh, 
there and said a little prayer, and I, I felt a little better, and I went. I was at that party for about two, two and a half hours, and I had a wonderful time. I had a really good time, and what I began to see was these people didn't get as inebriated as I got. They, they'd they have their drink, they'd have maybe two, and then they'd start drinking like coffee, or they they started out with 7-Up and, and just put lemon in it and different things like this. And I noticed this. I kept looking, you know, and that was when I began to realize that I didn't have to have a drink to have fun, and I was surprised. I was really surprised. And that became a powerful thing for me, but I knew that the key to the tool was through prayer. It didn't have anything to do with with me being able to stop it, because when I tried to stop it, I was powerless. But when my higher power was called in to, to help me out, my you know my inner director, my guide, uh, something else seemed to happen. There was a there was a powerful nature about me that I didn't even see really what was going on for me. I saw other people, etc., and I didn't have any urge to to go back. You know, and I guess that was the first time I ever really looked at the paradox of spirituality. Yeah, it's interesting because it it seems a lot of times like it's uh, one of the sticking points for people spiritually is that feeling of it's either me doing it or it's God doing it. And it seems like it's it's that dualistic experience and and it's hard to to get what does it mean that god lives in me through me and as me can yeah. you talk about that yeah yeah it does i i agree with you i understand what you're talking about because what you're what you're talking about is that inner strength and and if we were to look at, at unity's 12 powers, what we would see is we would see that inner strength, we would see that wisdom and that order in our lives. And yet, when when we first are trying to get that, that uh, monkey off our back, we don't really see that, but we, you know, somehow it's there. You know, the 12-step the, the the, the people that I've known are all, you know, hey, can you go one day without a drink? And the guy looks as honestly as he can at you, and he goes, "Man, I can't even make it to lunch. I don't think, you know, there, there's, there's a question that he has, and yet he's sitting there, you know, maybe nine o'clock in the morning. And he's finished going to an early morning meeting with some other twelve-step people, and he wants to be able to make it. And what he hears from that other person is wisdom." And what it gets to is his own subconscious wisdom, the the realm inside of him that's uh, centered really upon action. And if you listen to uh, what what we have to teach as 12-step people or what we have to teach as unity ministers, it's it's a program of action. In other words, we're... What we're trying to do is we're trying to identify with the spiritual angle or the the spiritual aspect of ourselves through principles, you know. And I guess that's that's what it really does for you. It's I know it's a lot of words, but basically what it lets you do is it lets you realize that there's more to it than just you, you know, just just my ego. Right. I'm going to ask you something that's probably sounds like kind of a goofy question, but do you think, do all people have uh, God in them? You know, the traditional kind of uh, religious understanding is that somehow people are separated from God, and then, you know, if they do, anyway, whatever the right things are according to a particular religion, religion, then God shows up. Somehow then God is present in their lives. How do you square that? Well, I think I think if I'm dealing in a powerless nature, then what I do is I take God and I put him way out there someplace where I can't really get to him. And yet when I'm dealing with, with the power of the creative source, the presence of God, then what I'm dealing with is I'm dealing with that that's, that is, you know, inside of me. Uh it's it's like a it's like an expansion or a growth or a divine kind of evolution 
And I think that's what that first step does. It expands me and it grows me. And it gives me kind of a, a an evolution. It brings me to some sense of order and grace that that somehow I can be okay if what I'm willing to do is freely admit that I'm powerless over alcohol and my my life has become unmanageable. And when I see that, what happens is I'm accepting the fact, and this is the paradox, I'm accepting the fact that the spirit, you know, the the spirit of the Lord or God, whatever whatever you choose to call that, that spirit of the Lord is within you. And, you know, I, I know theologically I kind of look at it like, well, okay, there's the transcendence and that's God out there. And there's the permeation and that's God in and around and through me. And then there's the eminence. That's the God in me. You know, those are the the divine principles that can be spiritualized to the extent that I can live life a totally different way. And what I can promote is I can promote the requirements that are necessary to not only help myself, but help others. You know, and I guess that's what I do as a as a minister. But anybody can do that. But it it, it helps. It, it just it helps with the efficiency that I'm looking for, and that comes through being creative. You know, so anything that works to allow me to see. The creativity of my own spirit sure seems to help me a lot. And that first step, you know, of admitting that I'm powerless over, in my case, alcohol. Of course, it's alcohol or drugs or whatever it may be. Uh, Alcoholism, you know, the alcoholic, uh, you know, uh, credit cards, uh, pornography, any of those things. When I'm willing to admit that, I, you know, gambling, I'm totally powerless. I... You know, I'm I'm standing there, white knuckling it, trying not to ask for the first one. You know, when I realize that the only chance I have is to turn to a power greater than myself, that power can get real close. It's 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 four little words for me personally, and that's dear God, help me. Okay. You know, and then I can begin to move from there. Right. So it's a, it's recognizing maybe levels of our consciousness or levels of self or yeah. somehow somehow accessing different different mm-hmm. aspects of self maybe i don't know yeah and i had a hard time i had a hard time with consciousness i i still sometimes do but for some reason my ego likes to jump in the way of consciousness or the ideas of consciousness you know and like oh that's you know I don't want to hear that that's kind of new agey and I don't like that etc. I become rather judgmental over over that concept of consciousness because what I'm not willing to do is I'm not willing to uh, eliminate the the judgmental attitude I'm not willing to to eliminate the judgment and if I'm not uh, willing to admit that I'm powerless over whatever it is I may be powerless over you know, in my case, alcohol. If I'm not willing to admit to the powerlessness of that, I'm never going to find the power that can keep keep me uh, well or keep me having a sense of well-being. I'm, you know, I, I feel like I'm constantly challenged by the appearance of disease. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so that kind of thing. Right. Whether it be mental, emotional, or whatever, I feel like for for a period there, there's there's no chance of renewal or redemption. You know, I get down into it, and that that's what happens with a judgmental attitude. So, yeah, I see both as being very important. I see God as being very important from many different angles and aspects. You know, the biggest thing I guess I try to look at, and I don't do it. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to take a break right now. But hold that thought. So we'll be right back. Stay with us if you're listening to Spirit of Recovery. We'll come back with a Serenity Minute and then continue our conversation about powerless, powerful, or both. Be right back. If you've been inspired by the programming on Unity Online Radio, we hope you'll give your support so others may be inspired too. 
This online radio network depends on the love offerings of listeners to continue operating and expand its outreach. Please visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you. Affirm the good that flows within you and stretch to reach your divine potential with daily inspirational messages from Daily Word. The present moment is the point of action in my life, my opportunity to create my bliss. There is no need to ruminate on the past or daydream about the future when I can do something constructive with the now. Taking advantage of the present moment is like waking up in the morning I'm no longer in a dreamlike state. Instead, I'm fully awake and aware of what is before me. Why postpone the life I desire? Right here and right now, I can begin creating it. That may mean making a business plan, enrolling in school, or moving a relationship to the next level. Whatever my dreams, I can advance them in the present moment. Guided and supported by God, I live my best life now. Daily Word magazine is now available in a digital format. A one-year subscription to Daily Word digital magazine with audio is only $9.95. That's less than three cents a day to start your day right, centered and connected to the truth within you. To learn how you can subscribe to this online interactive magazine, go to www.dailyword.com. How's life working for you? Would it be okay with you if it got easier, simpler, yet more meaningful, more vibrant? Join Reverend Carla McClellan Tuesday afternoons for spiritual coaching, creating a vibrant life. Each week, Carla visits with leading-edge coaches as they explore the sacred purpose and stunning results of this exciting and emerging coaching model. Together, they reveal the secrets and successes of this transformational process. Call in and join the discussion as Carla creates a safe and sacred space to dialogue about real life and real world transformations. That's Spiritual Coaching, Living a Vibrant Life with Reverend Carla McClellan. Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. You're listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. If you'd like to share your questions, comments, and experience with today's topics, call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. We're very glad that you're with us today. And if you're just joining us, our topic is powerless or powerful or both. And my guest is Reverend Dennis. Dennis is a unity minister. He's also got 25 plus years um, in recovery from addiction. And he is a very active writer and an active speaker and an active teacher of the unity and recovery principles. So we're very glad to have him. He writes about the 12 powers and other spiritual topics. So we're really glad to have Dennis with us today. But before Dennis and I continue our conversation, I ask you to join me as we take a moment to center ourselves in peace of mind, a moment to relax in the serenity minute. So I invite you to share with me this constructive idea. The presence and power of God is in the very midst of me. The presence and power of God is in the very midst of me. Thank you, friends, for joining me in the Serenity Minute. And now we're back with my guest, Dennis. We're talking about powerless or powerful or both. 
And now is a good time to give us a call or you can send us an email. Our phone number is 888-558-6489 and our email is spiritofrecovery at unity.fm and we'd love to hear your comments or your questions about this topic. So Dennis, before the break, um, you were telling us how it can be really challenging, how the ego can keep putting itself in, in front of us and and maybe block out that sense of our spiritual life. Tell us a little more about that. How does that work? Yeah, well, you know, a, a good example of that is, uh, you know, Charles Fillmore tells the story in, in his book, The Twelve Powers of Man, about uh, discernment and how, uh, uh, you know, Peter believed that Jesus was Messiah, and uh, it was that faith that opened uh, his discernment and what he saw was he saw the he saw the personality, okay, but at the same time he understood that to be that that he was the son of the living God, you know, and that's when when Jesus answers him and says, Thou art Peter and upon this rock I will build my church. And I think sometimes when I look at that first step and I you know, and I I, I get to asking, you know, who am I really, you know, who do people say I am? You know, it, it uh, it has to do with that. It has to do with the consciousness that 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 the the Christ self of me, the unconditional love that is part and partial to the Spirit that is within me, uh, and the thing that actually uh, awakens for me, I think it awakens the soul. It comes from. The acceptance of both, that uh, of myself I am nothing. You know, it is the Christ that does the work. Basically, I admit I'm powerless over uh, alcohol, and uh, my life has become unmanageable. And then I take that second step, which is come to believe that a power greater than myself can restore me to sanity. Because, you know, I, I at first I always expected that that was going to be a big, uh, you know, wow, zot, boom, bang sort of thing. And it turned out to be a gentle love rather than a wow, zot. Although there was, a, there was an upliftment, there was a declaration that I made that, you know, that declared uh, that, that unconditional love to be part of me. And I affirmed, you know, all right, you know, you are my God. And what I meant by that at the time when I was first trying to figure out this thing called sobriety, was I meant that love and and the Christ consciousness of unconditional love was what I was being called to to do. And I guess I had fought that for many years. You know, uh, I, I don't know whether I wanted to or not. I think I wanted to be in communion with the indwelling self, but I didn't know how. Therefore, I was powerless all I could do to seem to get a little bit of peace of mind was uh, bring forth good intentions, not good manifestations or expressions. You know, and it was through it was through prayer that I finally discovered the the mental and spiritual attitude that I needed to be lifted up. And it didn't come it didn't come by. You know, just just praying something for rote, but by asking that question, God, who am I really? You know, uh, I, this hurts. I'm 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 in pain, and a lot of times we do go through that dark night of the soul to come out the other side to accept the fact that we are children of the living presence. And when I think of, of powerlessness, powerlessness is where where the ego blocks me. From seeing that I am God's child, and it may it makes a bumpy road. You know, there's anxiety, there's there's pain. There, and it can be physical pain, it can be mental pain. There's a lot that we can go through. And what I want to do is, I want to get to the other side. I want to be able to say, no, I don't want to live in this fear. You know, I don't want to live in this lack. Dear God, help me to to move on. You know. Uh, become the principal in my life, you know. And yet, what I have to do in order to do that is I have to let go enough of the uh, enough of the ego to to quit trying to play God. And I move from powerlessness to power. When I drank, Anna, I didn't have the power of choice. Uh, I, you know, I know, 
I guess some people think they did. I didn't have the power to choose not to drink alcohol. I remember when I was a teenager thinking, gee, I wonder why I get drunk about every 12 days. Oh, well, you know, when you're 16 years old, who cares? I can, you know, I can remember things like that. I can remember being in college and they, they tried to teach me the law of diminishing returns. You know, your first sandwich makes, you know, taste great. The second sandwich, not as good. The third sandwich, you may not even want to start to eat it. And I was thinking about sandwiches and I thought, yeah, I know that feeling. And then all of a sudden my little brain races and it goes, gee, I wonder why that doesn't happen with alcohol. You know, there was a compulsion that I carried. There was a mental obsession that I carried that I didn't know what to do with. So was I powerless? Yes, absolutely powerless. And yet there was the unmanageability and recognition of that that then gave me the power to decide whether God was going to be anything in my life or not. And I think that that's when I began to change, when when I could look at fear and go, I don't need this in my life. Please leave. And then what later happened was that fear began to move out of me, and I could see that that fear was my own, you know, I did it myself. I did it to myself. It was my own illusion. And I would become fearful and filled with anxiety, and all of a sudden I'd go, get out of here. And it would, like, pop out of me, and I would just kind of look and go, oh, hi, old friend. Because at that point, the power of the Christ consciousness could take over and do something because I'd gotten enough of the ego out of the way as to where I could accept uh, a conscious lifting up of uh, myself as a, as a uh, child of God. It took a while. It took a long while to get to that point. And for me, it took both. Understanding powerlessness and coming to the point of the paradox as to where I, I understood where the powerfulness came from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's interesting when you're talking about the difference between the ego and the uh, Christ consciousness. Of course, in a traditional religious idea, people can put that as like, okay, that's the devil somehow or some evil force or whatever that's dragging me off or that's wanting me to be separate from God. But, of course, in a unity philosophy, and I, I would say even in a 12-step philosophy, although it doesn't talk in particulars, we don't say that. We don't say there's some force outside of ourselves that's dragging us off. So why, okay, good question here. Why in the world, with the ego, which I would say, of course, is God-created, because it's all God-created, why is the ego sort of saying oppositional to God in a way? Oh, gosh. You know, that's a good question, you know. Uh, as, you know I guess the Zorian Astrons, <laughs> they started it all <laughs> 2,600 years ago, you know. But, yeah, it, there's always been the idea of a battle between good and evil down here while you and I are, are busy uh, living in the, in, in the uh, realm of uh, limited reality. You know, I know that, you know, I've, uh, you know, uh, so as far as that goes, I think there is a survival mechanism that understands and uh, immortality, and our ego tries to grab a hold of that because it thinks that without that, uh, the change that it would go through, physical change that we would go through, it's going to kill us because I remember distinctly being so frightened because I thought I was going to die somehow if you knew who I really was and stuff like that. You know, and I constantly uh, lived in a, a world of delusion and told my own lies. So I think that has something to do with it. it it's a, we almost, we, we use it like a survival mechanism. You know, and that's just my opinion because I, I'm not trained in in psychology whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know, through school spiritual counseling and and the work I've done over the last what eighteen years, I guess seventeen, eighteen years. But to tell you exactly why, I'm not sure either, Anna. I, I'm just not sure. But I am sure, 
as the day is long that what I'm looking for is the is the peace that comes through the unconditional love that is the Christ that indwells me. You know, there's there's a lot of intellectual stuff that I can do, you know. And uh, you know, that's what Paul talks about when he talks about the mystery of mysteries in the school of schools, you know. And yet the truth is it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. You know, what we're getting to there is that there's something beyond the intellect that, that is within us that tells us the truth. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, you know, that doesn't take away from intellectual prowess and intellectual ability, but it gives us, it gives us the, the leg that we need to stand. Whereas the other way, it doesn't really give us any more of a leg to stand than somebody who's completely uh, doctrinal about something. Good you know, point. They, they, you know, and so yeah, there's always there's always the duality of life, and when you and I are floating along here, I think we see that duality of life a lot because what we don't see is we don't see our own spirituality. It's it's the belief in separation that keeps the Trinity off the table. You know, the Trinity of, of uh, being, the Trinity of, of humanity. Tell us what that Trinity is. Uh, well, there's there's a couple of them. You know, the one that we that we like to use a lot in unity is mind, idea, and expression. You know, mind being the creative source of the universe, or I guess what you may call God. Uh, idea, that's us. We are the perfect idea in the mind of of the creative source. And the expression is the action and movement uh, into this manifest world. You know, mm-hmm. so that's, that's kind of what it is. But it, it, it correlates with Father, Son, and Spirit. And that correlation has a couple of different meanings in that if you take a look at, like, the Eastern Rite of the Church, Father and Son are Father and Son, just like uh, the Western Church, you know, of early Christianity. But the third portion of that, as far as the Easterners were concerned, was actually a feminine aspect or a compassionate aspect. The provider was Father. Son was, was the receiver. But the spirit was the compassionate aspect, the teacher, the you know the love. So you know there are, there are different ways that people look at that, and uh, there they all seem to be valid. The question is which one is yours, you know, from a religious standpoint, but from a standpoint of recovery, I think probably. Uh, you know, the one I like, the, the trinity that I like out of recovery is happy, joyous, and free, and that's what God wants me to be. You know, and I see that as a wonderful, as a wonderful trinity that I could aspire and move towards. You know, and it takes a lot of humility to get there, but that's one that I think is very important to me. You know, I guess in prayer is where we get a lot of this, and I know I've been guilty of not being, uh, quite as strong as I ought to be the last couple of months in my prayer work. And uh, it's good to be able to get back to it and realize it. You know, I picked up a daily word the other day, and I had not read out of one in about six weeks. And, you know, it was like I was hungry to read a daily word. You know, like, wait a minute, man. A Unity publication, you know, I'm going to read that. And I must have read a week's worth just, you know, right through, you know, it just, it felt so good to, to be able to do that, and I could feel, I could feel that the next thing I wanted to do was I wanted to sit there and affirm prosperity, you know, and I did a hundred times, I, you know, sat there in my chair and said, I am prosperous, you know, and I felt like I was connecting with the truth of my being and, and the things that I've been taught uh, since 19, what, 85, 86 through the Unity Movement. You know, and it felt wonderful. And yet, at the same time, once I got done, then I said the serenity prayer, and then I went to page 99 and looked up the prayer of St. Francis that 
Bill Wilson wrote. You know, so those things came together. The, the heritage that I have from you know a quarter of a century of of the use of recovery uh, in uh, Unity was it was still there. It was right there, and it was like, oh, thank goodness, thank goodness, you're still here. You know, because I was I was feeling a little desperate. You know, I was feeling a little desperate, and uh, spiritual discernment really, really helps a lot for me. Yep, it, I think of that uh, passage in John, you know, with the women, uh, the Gospel of John, where Jesus is talking to the woman at the well, and the conversation about um, that he has living water, that, and she says, Sir, I want some of that water so I never have to come to this well again to draw water. That's what it feels like for me to when I'm really open up to that spirit and that presence mm-hmm. of God in me. It's that living water. It's time for a break. Yeah. So we're going to break and then we'll be right back. So Dennis, thanks for giving us these uh, inspirational thoughts about our power and about God's presence. Thank you all for listening. We'll be right back. Stick with us. Do you sometimes feel as though the door to happiness has closed and there's no other door in sight? In her book, Ask Yourself This, Unity Minister Wendy Craig Purcell reminds us that Everything happens for a reason. We've all experienced situations which felt like anything but good. We may have lost our job or gone through a divorce or experienced some other dark night of the soul. Yet those very experiences, when met spiritually, can lead us to a much greater good. The lost job can be what finally motivates us to discover the work that truly feeds our soul. The ending of a marriage can trigger us to do the emotional healing and personal growth work we've been avoiding for years. Every one of us can look back at negative or painful experiences in our lives and say that they turned out to be the best, worst things that ever happened to us. For more insight from Wendy Craig Purcell, read Ask Yourself This from Unity House Books. If you're focused on getting the right answers, Ask Yourself This emphasizes the importance of asking the right questions. Order your copy today at www.unity.org. What is the secret to happiness? Why do bad things happen to good people? What is our purpose in life? What must I do to bring healing into my life? Join Rev. Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday for a metaphysical romp. Explore fundamental unity principles put into action through real-life scenarios from people like you. Call in with your questions and spiritual challenges, and let Paul take you on a journey of profound personal understanding and transformation. That's Metaphysical Romp with Rev. Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. You've been listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D. If you have a question, comment, or experience with today's topic you'd like to share, call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. We're very glad that you're with us today. And if you're just joining us, our topic is Powerless, Powerful, both and my guest is Reverend Dennis. Dennis is a unity minister. He writes about the 12 powers. He has 25 years of living a program of recovery, 25 years and counting. And he is uh, active in ministry, active as a writer, and definitely practices these recovery principles and these spiritual principles in his life. We'd be glad to hear from you, listeners, if you've got a comment or a question. You can call us at 888-558-6489 or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. And we do get those emails during the show. 
So, Dennis, you've got a story about $10. Tell us that story. There was a, a friend of mine. He lives in Toledo, and uh, he was he was telling me about uh, a guy who went to counseling, and uh, the reason that he went was he he was afraid to lay on the top of the bed because he was afraid there was something under the bed. And when he would crawl under the bed, he was afraid there was somebody on the top. And the counselor said, for $100 a session, three times a week, you're going to have to come for four months. And the guy's like, my God, that's thousands of dollars. He says, well, I can get you out of this. The guy said, well, thank you, but that it's just way too much money. So about six months later, the counselor saw this guy walking down the street, and he looked happy and joyous. And and uh, he walked up to the guy and says, you remember me? He goes, yeah, you're the counselor. How are you? He goes, fine, how are you doing? He says, I'm great, I'm great. He says, well, what did you do to overcome your, your problem of somebody under the bed? He says, well, after I saw you, I, I was so shook up I needed to go drink. So I went down to my local bar, and I and I had a drink, and I told my bartender what was going on, and my, my bartender said, for $10, I'll help you, and I'll tell you what your solution is. And he says, so I gave him $10. And he says, what's the solution? And the guy looked at him with a straight face and said, cut off the legs to your bed. (laughs) (laughs) I think about that some days, and I think, you know, sometimes what I need to do is I just need to get there, you know, lay down and be there and not worry about all that other periphery and not have to go check it out. And when I when I realize powerful, what what comes to mind is that that you know that there is a power, there's something that can give me the answer. What I need to do is I need to listen and look, I need to pray, and I also need to simply accept the fact that that I may not have all the answers, but that doesn't mean somebody isn't willing to help me. So one of the things that I think is very important about uh, recovery and, and the stuff you and I have been talking about today is listening, effective listening, either to your heart or to your friends. They may not ever give you the right answer, but they'll lead you down a path as to where you can ask Holy Spirit. And that, you know, that is conscious contact with a power greater than yourself when you get down that road. Right, that willingness to to uh, let in some light, mm-hmm. let in mm-hmm. let in something new, right? Instead of getting bound up in in a bouncing around in your own head and your own fears and all that that you're making up. Yeah, I do that so well. <laughs> There's a quote by uh, Bill Wilson that I love. Here it is: Believe more deeply. Hold your face up to the light, even though for the moment. You do not see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that, yeah, it's that faith. And faith is one of the, the 12 Christ powers. We've been talking yeah. about the 12 powers. What are they? Yeah. The 12 powers, as I understand them, are faith, strength, wisdom, oh, regeneration, the power of the spoken word or dominion, uh, regeneration, understanding, zeal, renunciation, and the gift of life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I did 12. Will. Left out Will. Oh, did I? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good. The, yeah. the idea that there are actually 12 aspects that can be named aspects of our spiritual power is is profound. It makes it very real. It's not just sort of some kind of fluffy sense of spirituality, but it makes it uh, quite concrete. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, the original, the original twelve steps that Bill Wilson wrote. Of course, the story is he wrote them in like a half hour, and you know they've been in place ever since. And I understand that. But the thing that I find interesting is Bill took those from six steps of the Oxford group, you know, but the one thing that you figure out real quick in the in the six steps of the Oxford group 
is they knew the problems they were in. You know, the 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 alcoholics did. You know, and the other people knew the problem that they were in without spirituality. You know, so that's something that you know that is always tied together for me. A lot of people think, oh, you can't do religion with uh, AA, and the truth is, if it wasn't for religion, they probably wouldn't have figured out AA because it was a religious group that gave them the idea of uh, divine principles and six steps. You know, so that's that's something that that I find quite interesting. Right. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that it's something that that uh, is important to me. Yes, I yeah. uh, several years ago had the opportunity to visit um, the home of Dr. Bob Smith and his wife Anne, which is now a museum, uh, and uh, and. Um, I noticed, and I tried to make it authentic, obviously, you know, a lot of the furniture, anyway, it's some of it's, you know, period furniture, not literally their furniture, but they do have right. in their books, and one of the books that is there on the bookshelf is the book by the Unity co-founder and his second wife, uh, Cora, Charles and Cora Fillmore, Teach Us to Pray. <laughs> so they were reading that. I'll be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. All right. Yep. Yeah, yep. mm-hmm. I have not been to Akron, but I have many, many friends who, who, of course, have made the trip. And you know, I look forward one day to going. The only problem is, I'm afraid if I go, Anna, I'm afraid I'd cry because <laughs> I know I still get misty-eyed when I go to the village. <laughs> yeah, you know, they both they both have helped me out so much over over my lifetime. You know, and given me a totally different life than the one I could have had if I had not been looking for spirits. So, yeah, that's important to me to remember. Is like uh, it's it's through that it's the it, those two things are the the only changes that I have ever made in my life that have caused me to grow. Is you know the unity the unity principles and uh, the twelve steps of recovery. And I, I am very grateful. I am very grateful for them. And just I don't know what I would really do without them. It would it would be difficult. It it would not be the same. You know, I've mm-hmm. been I've been blessed to live a wonderful, prosperous life as a result. And I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about friends all over the United States and. And just, I don't know, just everything about my life is a pretty good deal. You know, if, if something isn't quite going right and I'm feeling bad about it, guaranteed I'm the one on the pity pot. You know, it's it's that kind of thing. I, I'm the one feeling bad about it. You know, the rest of the world is doing just fine with it. Yeah, so. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad to to have it in my life. You know, I, I really am. You know, it's like divine order has worked out really well in my life. You know, and God's will has worked out really well, and it does come. It does come from not only the first step, but the other, the other eleven too. You know, when you when you start the first step, you realize you're powerless. You work, and you get down to a point as to where you realize that the main reason that a lot of people you know, keep you working on those steps and get you to get them down isn't so much that they're that they're going to be the saving grace, but what they do is they lay out a foundation that allows for grace to keep, keep coming in many different ways. It's kind of like when I went to AA, they told me I could go to any church I needed to, you know, and they, they were for that. But they also told me that what I needed to do was I needed to get my life put back together in such a way that what I could do was help somebody else. I could actually go out and live a life, a normal life like other people do. And uh, thank you, God, that that came along, that I had that opportunity. You know, because otherwise, by age 40, I, I would have probably been pretty well destroyed. You know, and I admit it today. Now, back then, I don't know that I would have admitted it, you know, although... I'm sure that uh, some of the other 
people that I knew and a couple of <laughs> wonderful unity ministers that I knew who will remain anonymous thought, you know, my God, this boy, he needs some help. <laughs> but uh, I did, you know, I did. I, mm-hmm. I, I truly did. And uh, we are a miracle. Each and every one of us is a miracle. But so are people who find the unity process. And on that, on that note, we're going to have to wrap it up because our time's up. Dennis, thank you. Thanks for the inspiration and uh, for sharing so honestly about your life. Yeah. And glad you've been with us. Glad you've been with us. And I want to thank, thank all you. of you who are listening. We're glad you're here. And uh, next week, our program is going to be about uh, breathing underwater. My guest is going to be Richard Rohr. He's the founding director of the Center for Action and Contemplation in Albuquerque. And uh, we're going to look at how when we uh, learn to embrace our brokenness, we actually can be a healing presence in our world. So join us next week. God bless. Know that you're in my thoughts and prayers. Join us next week for Spirit of Recovery. Thank you for tuning in to Spirit of Recovery with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Pacific for down-to-earth ideas on keeping spirituality in the heart of your recovery. Spirit of Recovery, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington, committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at www.soulmatters-spiritworks.org. Nothing more thrilling than feeling your direct connection with your source, your spirit. In those moments, you are soaring, knowing that you can be, do, or have anything you want. But what do you do when real life hits you straight on? Let's get real. This is practical spirituality for a busy, bustling world. Join us every Friday at noon Central Time for Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real, where we explore leading-edge principles and break down the law of attraction so it works for you every day. When you are off the mountaintop, join us for this delicious exploration of attraction principles with your host, Ray Zander. In quiet moments of prayer, let go of any concern. Anchor your trust deep in the realization that with God all things are possible. Never doubt it for a single moment. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Join your favorite Unity Online Radio hosts for Cruise in the Caribbean, November 10th to 17th, 2012. On this fun-filled Caribbean adventure, enjoy sunshine, exceptional dining, and island excursions. Feed your spirit with music, message, and meditation, plus one-on-one time with some of your favorite hosts. That's Cruise in the Caribbean, November 10th to 17th, 2012. To learn more, go to unity.fm slash cruise. A little more sunset, a little more sea, a little less do and a lot more be.
Have you ever considered that everything you think and say is a prayer to the universe? Are you sending a positive or negative message? Join Reverend Beverly Molander and her guests on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes, to find out how you can activate your own power of yes. Using affirmative prayer or positive intention can make a big difference in the way you think, feel, and live. If you want help moving from chaos to clarity in relationships, health, prosperity, or work, this is the place for you. We'll have some how-to suggestions about how you can say yes more often from this point forward. Talk with Beverly Molander and her guest live every Monday at noon central, 1 p.m. Eastern. Affirmative prayer, activating the power of yes, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Suzanne Giesman, and if you've ever wondered about life after death or if it's possible to connect with a higher consciousness, I invite you to join me for my podcast, Messages of Hope. It's my mission to share with you that our loved ones who have passed are always with us, and we are so very loved. I want to teach you how to live a consciously connected and divinely guided life. Listen here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.